Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, cause we're the Miami Dolphins. Hello and welcome to the inaugural Fins Nation UK podcast. The first episode in a brand new podcast we're doing for Fins Nation UK, bringing all UK and non-UK Dolphins fans together as we look ahead to the current season and hopefully beyond to 2024 and more. So our first episode is going to be a free agency special and with me I've got a member of Dolphin UK. If you listen to that podcast you'll know this guy very well. Back with us is Lee Whittingham. How are you? How you doing? Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm not bad. We're not bad. Good to have you on. Looking forward to the you know the new podcast. Looking forward to um getting it all started, and I'm um, looking forward to talking all things dolphins with you. Excited to be the first guest. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah, you have the honour of being the first ever um, guest on the podcast. So um, that <laughs> honour will stay with you forever. <laughs> we'll try and set the bar high. <laughs> yeah, start with me to go on. Um. So I'm going to introduce myself as I'm this is my first time on this podcast feed. So I am Andy Davis. I am a host of the Euro Trips podcast. If you like your football, soccer, of course, across the pod podcast and NFL podcast I've done as well. And also a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, been a fan since 2009. Um, and sort of my story is turned on TV one day, came across the NFL on TV, bought Madden on the Xbox, game asked you for your favourite team. I had no idea, but I knew I was going to Florida in about four months' time, so I picked Mammy Dolphins based on that. Used them a lot in the game, but Ricky Williams, Ronnie Brown, people like that, and really that's where it started. Started um, playing a lot with them, fell in love with the colours. But really, 2015 time was when I really became you know, a diehard fan, started watching the games and things like that. So my history is probably not the longest compared to some people listening, but um, certainly is a good story. And my favourite player of all time it's a guy that actually left today, uh, Mike Gazicki. Um, fully aware that a lot of these listeners are of the Dan Marino era, or even the you know Jason Taylor or early Rick Williams years. But for me, uh, only really been following it properly since 2015, and there's not been many great players, if I'm honest. Um, I just loved his personality. Uh, always made the big plays when he needed him, and until this year, especially, he was a big part of our offense. So yeah, sad to see him go to the Patriots as well. We'll talk about that later on, but. Um, yeah, that's my story about my Dolphins fandom. Um, how about yourself, Lee? So what made you a Dolphins fan? Uh, after catching a Super Bowl by accident a little bit and kind of saying, oh, hang on, I actually quite enjoy this. This is this is good. I, I want to find out more. Um, I said to my mum, who's a travel agent, um, I want to get out to see, see a game live. And she said, where do you want to go? And I was like, to be honest, anywhere where the weather's good. So she said, okay, well, why don't you go to Orlando and see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers play? I was like, great. I put no no bias towards any team. That's that's perfect. And about I don't know, a week, 10 days before I was due to go, she said, that flight looks pretty full. I don't think you're going to get on it. Um, she said, but I can send you to Miami. I was like, fine, sign me up. So I went to Miami and that's it. It's been hooked ever since. Um, saw, saw the Dolphins lose to the Falcons, but... Yeah, it started a a life a, a passion which has led me to podcasting and everything. And what year was that sort of when you went to Miami? What what year are we talking? That was two thousand five. Oh right, okay. So um, yeah, but what's that? Almost twenty years now. It's fair play. Yeah. 
scary. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know where the time goes. Um, and a favourite player of, of your time supporting the team, who would you say is one player that sort of stands out for you? Um, I always look back so fondly on watching Ricky Williams play. Just, I remember th- that first game that I went to, seeing seeing this guy who was so so big, but kind of glide across the ground. Everything seemed effortless for him. Um, I was just absolutely fascinated with it. And even... You know, in the later years with the Dolphins, you know, just still ran exactly the same way. I, th- I thought he was so much fun to watch. So, and obviously an interesting character as well. Yes, certainly was. He was um, certainly not dull. Um, but yeah, I think it's a shame for me or for a lot of the British fans that JJ didn't stay long enough because I think you know, having a Brit there, you know, for one of the most followed teams in the UK, I think it was absolutely perfect. But, you know, sadly... Adam Gates was, was was a factor and um you know he got his ring so fair play to him and he's now I don't know what he's doing now as himself by certainly you know he's probably retired from the NFL. He's been gone that long, he's probably unofficially retired without even confirming it. But of course we are here to talk about all things Dolphins and really how last week's gone with free agency. And really the biggest news for Dolphins came a day before it started with the news of the trade for Jaden Ramsey, the Los Angeles Rams and former Jacksonville Jaguars cornerback. Uh Champion of two bowl just two years ago, won it with the Rams. We got him for just a third round pick and Hunter Long, who really did next to nothing in the Dolphins jersey. So for you, Lee, there's been, there's been a few mixed reactions of this in terms of his age and all that. So what's your take been on the of the signing of Jalen Ramsey and what's your view on how he can help the team going forward? I thought it was it was so interesting because it's I think when when you talk about trading for a player like Jalen Ramsey, you think it's not doable for a third round pick and Hunter Long. That you know, I think we've seen um, anyone that's been on Twitter recently has seen uh, people putting it into Madden and it instantly gets rejected because it's <laughs> kind it's kind of a little bit mad that 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 was accepted. Um, obviously, part of that was he wanted to be in Miami, which is great. I think that's always good to hear when when star players want to be a member of the Dolphins. I think you know. I think that's that's what we're kind of aspiring to is to have a team that that draws talent like that. But I thought that you know the really interesting thing here is last year a lot of the time it felt like we were just missing that presence of Byron Jones in the in the back end of the defense. Um, and I wondered if the, the the defensive building philosophy would change with Vic Fangio coming in as a defensive coordinator. But it seems like. Chris Greer is staying true to the model they had and he wants two star corners there. Um, they flirted with JC Jackson last year um, at the start of free agency. And, you know, I thought to myself, that seems absolutely crazy. I can't, you know, you've already got Byron Jones under contract and Xavier Howard. I can't believe that rumor is true. And it turns out that it was true. Then we find out obviously what was going on with, with Byron behind the scenes. But Chris Greer then moves really quickly to put an all pro um, six-time Pro Bowl, a Super Bowl winner in his place. Um, I think it just goes to show he's absolutely serious about building this defense um, in in a certain vision that he has. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think it's a real, it could be a game-changing um, trade. I mean, you know, probably aware that you may not be here for 10 years or anything like that, but I think even if you get him for, say, three or four years in his prime, Getting Jack for just a third round pick is, and for a guy who's done nothing, I think is really good. And I think as well, um, our biggest issue last year on defense, especially, was sort of the pass defense. And I think now you've got not only Xavier Howard, you've got Jalen Ramsey, and then you've got you know Javon Holland, and you know you got Deshaun Elliott in the safety positions. I think that 
we've really now got one of the best secondaries, if not the best, in the league uh, going forward. And I think it's really exciting time because I remember and the floor is zero when he had Byron Jones, when he had Xavier Howard together. It was really good defence and we were really good. I think yeah. in stopping the run, that was more of an issue than, than the passing game. So I think if we can stop these big plays that we've allowed so many years, I think our biggest issue on defence, particularly last year, was allowing these big plays and allowing these big 40, 50, 60 odd plays against us. So I think now we've got, you know, I think uh, I think we'll see a completely different change in defence in terms of, uh, we won't see the Josh Boyle style uh, constantly blitzing. I think Vic Fangio comes in as on paper, one of the best defensive coordinators out there. And I think, if we can have that, you know, adding that plus our offense, if it fires, if two is playing fully healthy all year long, I think it's a really exciting time for Dolphins fans. And I think that we should be really excited about what this defense can offer. And I think I'm hoping with this acquisition, as well as others we've brought in, I think I'm hoping we can get back that defense we saw at for most of the time in the 2020 year. Because I think that was the best I've seen in many years, that defense we had when we had Flores as our head coach. Um, moving on to our second talking point really is more about Who's backing up to us? So we all know the two story. Three concussions last year. Teddy Bridgewater, Scarlett Thompson came in last year. Pretty much, apart from the one game against Bills for Thompson, none of them really did much in place. To, I think if we had two the whole year, we may have won a lot more games. So I think, you know, we've seen about two where he's panning learning jiu-jitsu to try and learn how to fall. But, you know, if he is to be out injured again, whether it's concussion or non-concussion, our backup's going to be Mike White. Now, this one's... For me, I think if he's been offered less money than he was, I think I'd be happy with it. But the fact that I think we're offering him something like, is it eight million a year or something like that? It's not the most, you're paying basically $60 million to a guy who's not exactly got the best resume in the NFL. So I think, what's your take on that? And do you think he's a good backup? And do you worry at all like myself about the money we're paying uh, Mike White as a backup? Um, I think... I think a lot of that 16 million is actually in escalators, isn't it? I think the, the base is not as bad as it sounds. I think when it was first reported, um, it, it did look a little scary. But at the same time, um, I think it's one of those things that, that flies under the radar a little bit um, in regards to how good an owner Stephen Ross is when it comes to being willing to to whip that checkbook out and pay players. Um, you know, it's... <sighs> we all hope to stay healthy because when when he does it's so exciting to watch and we know he's one of the you know he has that potential to be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL um but the history says that you need someone who's going to be able to to come in and play a game the problem last year was you had two players that you wanted you know you thought might be able to do that but they weren't able to finish games so the primary job of any guy of you know anyone who's going to back up to it needs to be you need to be able to get through a game healthy. Um, now, uh, some of that will be bad luck. Some of it will be um, injury history. I think it's it's also something to take into account here that Chris Greer doesn't really seem to be phased by injury history. You know, he drafted two or even after his injuries, he signed players with injury histories. Um, you know, even even committing a lot of dollars and, and draft capital to trading for bad Bradley Chubb, who's got injury history of his own. Um, I say, I don't think he gives it as much... Um, he doesn't worry about it as much as some other teams may do. So I don't know, you know, that might come back to bite him. It, I hope it doesn't. But, you know, I think it's definitely a trait you can see um, going forwards. But with Mike White, I mean, he missed a couple of games, didn't he, last year with some broken ribs. But, you know, put that down to bad O-line play. I mean, we have to help, hope our O-line holds up better than last year and keeps keeps both of the guys healthy because 
ideally, we don't want to see Mike White play. <laughs> Absolutely not. I mean, <laughs> I, th- I think he had one good game. I think I was actually at that game, actually, when he went to Bears, but most of the year, I think he had a total of three touchdowns, four interceptions. So it's not as if he's coming in off the back of maybe, I don't know, eight touchdowns, four picks or something, or maybe he's got something like 10 touchdowns, three interceptions. He's got not a great record when it comes to touchdowns in, in interception ratio. So I think it's, I think it's a worry always when you, when your starter goes down. And I think that that's one thing you've got to be careful of. Cause I think that personally, I think Scarlett Thompson deserved the chance to be a backup next year because mm-hmm. albeit he was pretty much mediocre for most of the year that last game. We almost won with him as our quarterback against the Bills in the wildcard round. So I think it's, I feel I don't know whether he's going to be. I'm guessing it'd be second choice. So many were paying him, but I like to. I, I would like to have seen Scarlett Thompson uh, play, uh, get a chance to be back up because I think he proved it in his last game that he can be of some use, whether it is only you know sporadically uh, for the Dolphins. Um, you mentioned O line, of course. W wants to be at their best this year if you want our run game to succeed. And in terms of our run game, uh, we re-signed both Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson. But my question to you, Lee, does it stop there? Because we've been linked with Dalvin Cook, linked with Austin Eckler and Derek Henry. I mean, do you see we've gotten both on fairly cheap deals, but that is the going rate at the moment for running backs. The value doesn't seem that much these days. So in terms of we've got the two backs who did well at times last year, we're seeing these names linked with the Dolphins, the likes of Henry Cook and Eckler. Do you think we'll still go for these names? Or do you think now we've sort of signed them both, that, that that is it in terms of the running back uh, room. I think, you know, the, they also brought back Gaskin and Archimed as well. And, you know, I think they were probably happy with the room when it was healthy last year. Again, you know, both, uh, sorry, Raheem suffered the injury late in the year. Miles Gaskin ended up on IR at the end of the year. Um, but I don't, I don't think anything they've done at the running back room in the last week would preclude them from going after one of those bigger name guys when the price becomes right. I don't think it is right right now. And I think that's why we've not seen any movement on that. But what they've done is they've managed to secure the room and say, okay, if this is what we're going with, we're going to be okay. We trust in the room. I think Mike McDaniel is comfortable with the skill set. You know, obviously with um, uh, most certain Jeff Wilson having that history beyond last year and back in San Francisco and knowing the system, I think, you know, just makes perfect sense. Again, it also helps to grow the entire offense because it's still learning. Um, you know, still in the year two, we saw fireworks last year, but we also saw some lulls where it's a bit like, okay, you're still trying to, you know, play at full speed. I don't think it was up to, you know, its full potential, um, which is scary. But I think, you know, that's why you bring back guys like that. And also, you know, sorry to move on slightly, but, you know, also when you bring back a River Craycraft, it's, it's the same sort of, thinking throughout the offense so yeah i think they're, they're super comfortable but i definitely wouldn't write off doing anything else um and that could be with any one of those guys there's some really interesting you know um guys out there austin Eckler, i think is you know is incredibly interesting because he's so great in short yardage great in the red zone but he's also really efficient out of the backfield as well so would he be in a, in a fantasy world if you had to choose one of them to come to mammy would that be the pick austin Eckler? I've, I've got a, I've, yeah, I'm an Austin Eckler fan, so I think that's probably colours my opinion somewhat. Um, a couple of years ago, when he was a free agent, that was the one I was banging the table for. I was like, that's the guy. He just, I think he's going to fit so perfectly here. But to be honest, um, I think look, we know that the money we're paying at the moment is not massive. 
And it's, it, as I say, it gives us the freedom to do all these things. And that's because if you have to pay for one of these guys, they're that talented. So if you can get any one of them, I think it's going to be an upgrade on the room in, you know, as a whole. Um, we also saw last year, you know, just because you sign a guy to a free agent deal doesn't mean there's not ways to, to move on from that. You know, Chase Edmonds um, was moved on halfway through the season because you signed into a fairly high contract, but it just wasn't working out. Um, and I think it was best for both both parties to move on that that happened. So yeah, I don't think you know the, the four guys in the room at the moment um, stop you from going after those big name guys. But also, you know, we have to remember Alec Ingold in there as well, even if he's not a, a true running back. I do I do love having a fullback on the roster. Yeah, I mean, I myself, I'm a huge Derrick Henry fan, so that'll be my pick just because I think it'll be so nice to see him in a Dolphins jersey. And I would definitely be the first person to buy his jersey. I'll be straight on NFL Shop Europe or Fanatics um, to do that. But I think the best fit would be Eckler. I think what he can do, I think, is perfect for a Mike McDaniel system. He's a do-it-all back, you know, and he'd be great. It's almost a third choice receiver as well as being your number one running back. So I think... Have him as well as Moster, who I, I really like as well, as well as Jeff Wilson. Uh, or even bringing in, you know, Ackman and Gaskin now and again, I think that would be an amazing backfield. But um, if I'm honest, I think all of them will stay where they are. I think, you know, I think they will end up, you know, Henry's probably the one that will get traded. I think the Bengals have been linked with him with all the Joe Mix and stuff. But I think Cook's meant to be staying. I, I can see Eckler finding a way to um, get that resolved. Um before we do, you know, head out of Dodge, a uh, quick couple of other departures. I alluded to start the podcast. Mike Gazicki's gone on to the New England Patriots, which is um, a surprise to me. I thought he was destined for Green Bay. And then Landon Roberts has gone to the Pittsburgh Steelers as well. Um, in terms of those two, first of all, Gazicki, um, I don't think it's a shock that he left. I think we all were expecting it. He didn't really fit the Daniel system. But in terms of, were you shocked that he went to the Patriots in terms of going to a division rival? No, I, I don't think there's any any call for loyalty. Do you know what I mean? Once once you hit free agency, it's because the team have also been happy to to let you get that far. You know, they paid the franchise tag last year. He was happy to sign that. You know, signed it straight away and played. And that you know there was no kind of animosity. But I think both sides realised by the time they got to the end of the season, it's probably best to go their own ways. And at that point, I think you're just looking for where you can get the best deal. I'm, I'm a little bit surprised at how kind of suppressed the tight end market has been because you know, Dalton Schultz is still out there. Gusecki's taken what best part of half, you know, half a week in on a week to, to sign. Um, I think we shouldn't necessarily be surprised. I think Bill Belichick likes to cover players that, that the Dolphins let go. You know, there's quite a few of them over there, including um, Raekwon McMillan, um, Devontae Parker, you know, who we actually traded for, you know, even an in-division trade. Um, so, and not necessarily a surprise. Also, you know, they let go of um, the tight end earlier this week, whose name now completely escapes me. Uh, Johnny Smith. Johnny Smith, that's correct. Um, you know, so what was it? All of two years ago, mm. you know, Patriots were winning free agency by paying <laughs> all this money out to two tight ends. All of a sudden, you're moving one on for a seventh and you're now paying $9 million to Mike Gusecki to go and join Hunter Henry. If if they think that they're getting some sort of, you know, sorry back to Gron- Gronkowski, like they're going to find out quickly. Mike doesn't block like that, you know? <laughs> and and I love Mike Gusecki, but that's not his game. You know, that's not a, you know I'm not trying to in- insult him. He he does other things, you know, incredibly well. But you know, I think Bill Belichick might actually get a, a little bit of a nasty surprise there, where he's not quite as um, efficient in the blocking game as he, he might be used to. 
Yeah, I mean, that was definitely his weakness. I mean, you know, I certainly think we could have had a use for him in terms of having him as that third choice receiver in terms of in the slot. I think he was a great red zone uh, receiver. I think there's a lot of times, look at the Baltimore Ravens game last year where he caught that touchdown in the end zone, which really kick-started our, you know, our comeback in, in that game. And I think that, you know, the Bills game in the wildcard round, um, you know, uh, in the Finns Nation UK meetup last year, he scored two touchdowns from the red zone as well um, against the Vikings. So I think it's, I think we could have definitely got more use out of him. I think that whilst he wasn't a George Kissel kind of style tight end blocking, while well, I think there's definitely room for him to be there in the short games. But I suppose if you're a tight end, you want to be, uh, having all the snaps, I don't think even if we had, I think if, even if he had had him as that third choice slot receiver, I still think at the same time he wouldn't have been getting the the, the reps that he wanted. And I think that he he has, I mean, McDaniel and Gree alluded to it, um, in the combine, but also beforehand that he deserves a chance to go to go somewhere mm-hmm. where he he gets that that share of the workload. And I think that I do question whether New England he'll get that workload because he got him to Henry. You've seen Belichick; he likes to you know. Shit, split the workload of the um, receivers. So I, I do question whether that's a good fit. For I think I thought Green Bay would, would have been a perfect spot, or even the Raiders after Waller got traded. I think you'd have got much more of the workload there. But I wish him the best. I hope he, you know, provided they didn't do better than us. I hope he does well, and I hope he gets <laughs> you know, all the um, all the yards and receptions and t- touchdowns that he wants because I think he deserves it. And I'm, yeah, a bit sad to see him go, but um, you know. These things happen, sadly, in the NFL. And that is the the business, as they call it, of the NFL. Um, finally, uh, I was surprised we didn't keep him on. And Andrew Roberts, I thought he was a good servant for the Dolphins. I thought he was someone we could have got. I don't think he would have been demanding too much either in terms of a salary. But he's gone to the Steelers, which obviously adds to their brilliant defense alongside the likes of, you know, TJ Watt. Um, your thoughts on that? Was it any surprise who we didn't keep him on? Or would you have um, done what we did and, and, and not and not give him a new deal? I was a little bit surprised because to, to me, Elena Roberts is one of those kind of no-brainers because he's, like you say, not going to be a lot of money. Has been brilliant all the time. He's been a Dolphin. I think, you know, I think for the money he's being paid, I think he does an absolutely stellar job. I think he really brings some, um, what, what, I don't know what the word I'm looking for here is. He brings some, like, really brings some, some heat to the defense when you need it. You know, when the game's just getting out of hand, like, or it's starting to go a little bit stale, he'll come up with a hit which will just rock you and get the crowd going, get everyone back into it a little bit. And I think there's, I think it's always easy to find a place for someone like that on your team. I think he's also a good leader, comes across, you know, incredibly well. Um, I would be really intrigued to find out if this is a Vic Fangio thing where he actually says, okay, David Long is the guy I want. And that's why they decided to prioritize it that way around. Um, because I don't think, I'd, I'd be surprised if anyone come in, came in and said, I don't want an Alandon Roberts on my team. But I, I think, you know, maybe this is a big Fangio preference is to get in, um, you know, a guy he likes. Again, a guy who has had some soft tissue injury history. Chris Greer's not too worried about it. Gave him a deal nice and early in free agency and got the guy they wanted. So, you know, I do love the fact that when the Dolphins seem to identify a guy, it happens quite quickly. They go and get them, you know, doesn't seem like there was too much missing around. Once we heard Jalen Ramsey was, you know, likely to be traded, it happened pretty quickly, and the Dolphins seemed to, you know, just just get it done. Um, so, yeah, I like the, I like the fact that they kind of identify a guy, just you know, just make it happen rather than you know trying to get into some sort of weird bidding war like the Jets are right now <laughs> against themselves. 
Do you know how, <laughs> how good would that be if he didn't go? I, I was thinking, I was hoping he was going to say, I'm retiring on Pat McAfee, but how good would it be if they just can't get an agreement going? Uh, it would be amazing to see the Jets if they, if they didn't get that sorted. What, what a strange situation, though, because, he's, you know, the Packers don't want him there. The Jets do want him there, yet there seems to be some sort of hold-up on negotiations over compensation. I mean, if you're the Jets, you don't really have any other choice. So just give the Packers whatever they want, like because otherwise you're rolling Zach Wilson out there again. And I think if you do that, you might have an exodus on your hands. Like, you know, you, you can't go back to that. The team was so vocal. It, that was such a weird, um, you know, kind of episode there with, with the Jets players and, you know, coming out and supporting Mike White, which is great because he's now on our team. But, you know, I don't think I've ever seen such a show of this, you know, displeasure towards a quarterback from one offense. Um, but if you don't cough up whatever the Packers want, whatever Aaron Rodgers wants, that's who you're going to be rolling out there again. And, you know, that that's a bad position to be in. But, you know, in, in the meantime, they're struggling to do too much else because obviously they have to allocate, you know, keep enough space ready to, to bring in Aaron Rodgers. But it's stopping them from doing any team building. It's such a, a bizarre situation because if it does happen, they'll be over the moon. But they'll be like a week and a half into free agency. And the <laughs> only guys you've picked up is Aaron Rodgers' mate, who, you know, all Aaron Rodgers' mates who managed to go, what, eight and nine last year and not make the playoffs? <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, it, it, it's a weird situation. But yeah, the longer it drags out, the better, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It was, I was still the other day. If he announced he's retiring, and I would love to see because how the Jets react. Because you look at all the callbacks that have gone. Garoppolo's gone to the Raiders, Carr's gone to the Saints, Brady's retired, we think. Um, so many callbacks have gone, and who's left to get? I mean, Ryan Tannehill, you could look at, but why would I think it's um, they'd have to just just tank? They, they, they couldn't even tap because their defense is so good, and they've got Brees Hall. They couldn't even tank if they didn't get and get a callback next year unless they traded up. So, they're still stuck with him now, and it really is a fascinating thing. And you know, I, I, I would think it'd be amazing if Rogers just gets all his mates new deals and new contracts, and then you know, turns out he's not going. Um, it will be amazing. And of course, the Jets have given us Braxton Berrios, which I think is a great deal because I think he's a great return specialist, but also he can be. He's shown it at times with the Jets that he can be a good little uh, third or fourth choice receiver. So I think it's another good addition we've got from the Jets. Um, but yeah, uh, final point I wanted to get from you. One sole position you would like to see us um, upgrade on, whether it's free agency uh, or trade uh, before the draft starts. So is there a particular position that you've not seen as addressed yet that you'd like us to get? Or are you happy with what we've done uh, so far? Yeah, I mean, I'd love to leave a long pause here so everyone can shout at their at their radios and their phones. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, but it's got to be right tackle. Like, you've got to do something about right tackle because... Like you, everything we've just said, we've talked about injury history. We've talked about having to bring in uh, a different backup quarterback just because we're trying to account for injuries. We cannot roll out there with the same offensive line as last year. Um, something has to happen at that right tackle position. Um, I trust that I trust them to go get it done. But I think that you know that's also a good reason to bring back the running back room the way you did because it allows you to have dollars and resources to go after filling that position. Um, so yeah, I think it'd be it'd be interesting to see what what they do, but yeah, right. I mean, look, right tackle has to be the case. If you if you don't sign a right, you know, uh, an improved quality right tackle before the draft, 
I advocate using every single draft pick on a right tackle and hope that one of them's good. Just just draft right tackles until someone can can block Patua. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. We've had such such turnstiles in our team the last few years. Look, really, ever since I mentioned before, I've been a fan since 2015. Really, I can't think of many years where we've had a good offensive line, particularly, you know, um, well, this time on two is blindside, but on that right tackle spot. Jesse Davis for so many years was was terrible. I'm not a fan of Austin Jackson, who's played there at times. Uh, Liam Meikenberg as well in on, on the line. It's just, we've had so many bad offensive linemen. I don't mind Robert Hunt, but he does give away a lot of penalties. So I think... We need some massive uh, upgrades. I mean, the best lineman already went this year. You look at Mike McGlinchey, he went to the Broncos. Juwan Taylor went to the Chiefs. Orlando Brown went to the Bengals. So in terms of, you know, I'm, I've been looking at the the, the, le- the last few uh, three, and they're all really old um, offensive linemen. I don't think, I mean, you can look at um, Graham Glasgow on a, maybe a $5 million deal, but I think it's pretty much slim pickings now when it comes to the free agency market for offensive linemen, unless you trade for someone. Um, so I think that means next is just a draft, and Nettie's happy with the guys. Um, I, I do think that's probably where we go because we don't need wide receivers, we don't need running backs unless we go for a you know, likes of B. John Robinson, trade up for him, or go and get a likes of Eckler or Henry. We're set for secondary, I think our D line is, is almost there. So I think there's not really many areas of too much need in the draft apart from that offensive line. And I think right tackle, especially if we want Tua to succeed in the NFL, we need to have his blind side completely protected. And I think that that is, um, you know, that is where we do need to prioritize. So yeah, fingers crossed that career gets it done, but yeah, it's hard to get a good lineman. And then again, in, in, in the draft, sort of the headlines will go to the, you know, the receivers and the backs and the quarterbacks. And maybe, you know, you could find a gem in the second or third or fourth round, bit like what we found with Jeff on Holland uh, in the second round, uh, was it 2021 or 2020? So, yeah, looking forward to how we go. And I'm looking forward to the season. I mean, we'll definitely get you on again before the season starts. But how are you feeling in terms of the division? Because, we, you know, we beat the Bills once, almost beat them again, both in the regular season and the playoffs. The Jets again, Rodgers, we think, but he was pretty bad last year. So how are you feeling about our chances, not only in the division, but also if you get to the playoffs? I think the... Especially the last couple of weeks, the the media is making that Aaron Rodgers move seem like they're trading for prime Aaron Rodgers. Um, and you know, Aaron Rodgers has been very vocal about saying they've not put talent around him and all sorts of things. But let's be honest, he's also part of that team. Um, so you know, people always want to cry about Dolphins quarterbacks. Oh, you need to elevate the talent around you. Well, Aaron Rodgers needs to to live up to that as well. So I'm not actually that worried about Rodgers being in the division. I think it's an exciting time. Um, you know, being exciting two games to be able to watch him and Tua go go toe to toe. We saw that on that Christmas Day game. Let's be honest, until Tua suffered the concussion, they, they were blowing the Packers out. Like Tua, Tua was absolutely killing it. Um, so yeah, I think we'll beat the Bills this year. I think we will win the division, and that is, I'm obviously completely biased, but um, like you say, I thought deserved to win early in the season whilst things were still kind of coming together. I thought the game in Buffalo, I thought we played incredibly well. You know, we we were missed field goals away from from winning that game, which we did miss. Um, so I thought Tua kind of answered a lot of questions that night in prime time, in the snow, on the road in Buffalo. Um, yes, he came up short. The team came up short, but not by, you know, not by much. Was it two points? Um, um, I can't was it three? remember. It was two or three. Um, yeah. But, you know, in the past, we go up there and get our pants pulled down. So, like, this, you know, such improvement. I think I, I'm a huge tour believer. 
Um, I think he's done everything um, other than stay healthy. So let's help him do that. Let's not let's not repeat the past. Um, you know, and, and give. I I liked Ryan Tannehill a lot as well, and I think one thing he he got when he went to Tennessee was an O line, and he spent so long with us not playing behind an O line, and all of a sudden you realise he was good enough to take you to the divisional game, uh, sorry to the championship game. Okay, you know they came up short, and you might say that's you know a lack of talent, but he was good enough to get you that far because they had an O line, they had a run game, they had wide receivers around him. Let's let's do that to two and let and let's go all the way. Yeah, I I like your optimism, and I'm the same. I mean, I'm since a tour, I'm not. I've been always been a bit on the fence with him, uh, going up and down in terms of my thoughts on him at different times. But I think you know we saw that the last few years against the Bills, we struggled massively. You know, losing by thirty points one game. Or Josh Allen, I think, was six and one against us. He was constantly a you know a problem for us. And I think that what we proved in the last two games or the three games is that we can be competitive with them. And I think that. We don't know what the dig situation is a bit unclear. I think there's they're falling out seemingly on the field in that loss to the Bengals. And I think that that Josh Allen contract is looming. And I think that it's going to affect the cap at some point. They bought back, you know, they bought back Joy and Poy, but they've lost Tremaine Edwards. And I think it's um for us, I think we've just got to as long as we're competitive with the Bills, we in the games we play against them, we 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 beat them. I think that's a big step. We beat Wiki win both games. But I think two have certainly showed it, and I think that. But Daniel will learn from that game in the snow because that mm-hmm. game we should have ran the ball a lot more because most are having a good game and he seems to actually killing it quite a few times in that game he would neglect the run with Daniel. I think when Daniel definitely had his problem, I think he was a very encouraging first season, but I think there definitely were points in the season where I think he will learn from. I think that's only going to be a good thing because now we've got a second year, a third year where you know he's got time to address these issues he's done in the first year. Getting in Vic Fangio, I think that will massively help the defence, ease the pressure off too. And I think that I do think we could win the division as well. I do think the Jets, from the point of view that they almost made the playoffs with Zach Wilson, Aaron Rodgers may have been bad, but he's twice a quarterback, three times a quarterback, even in, not in his prime that Zach Wilson mm-hmm. is. So I think the Jets are worried. And of course, the Bills are the Bills. They've got, you know, they've got one of the best teams and one of the best coaches in the league. So I think this will be... One, I think that in the NFC North will be the two best divisions this year. I think there'll be two really competitive divisions, and I'm really excited to see what the page not not, not the Patriots they're, they're way off, but the Bills, Jets, and Dolphins can do. And I think it's going to be a really exciting, but nerve wracking um, season for all AFC East fans, except the Patriots because their team is going to be nowhere near those three teams. So um, yeah, I'm enjoying the downfall ever so much. Uh, but that is really where we're going to end it. That, our first ever Fins Nation UK podcast so yeah thank you everyone for listening who's been for the first time um, and yeah thank you Lee for coming on thanks for having me no problem at all so anyone listening to this podcast Lee where can they find you on social media uh, I'm on social media at, really only on Twitter is, is kind of where I hang out a lot is uh, Five Yard Lee on Twitter so yeah come find me there but yeah check out the podcast you know look forward to being on again later in the year Fantastic. We look forward to having you back on. We've got some, hopefully, some great guests come on, uh, particularly during the, the, the gap between the draft and this week one. Um, we'll obviously do some more free agency stuff, potentially, if something else happens. Um, otherwise, some draft stuff. We'll get some draft people in. And then from May until probably August, September, uh, July, you could say, it'll just be a matter of some fun episodes. So maybe get some certain guests to come on or you know other things going on. So looking forward to seeing what we can bring you 
on the Finch Nation UK podcast. But this has been the end of the episode. I've been Andy. This has been Lee. And we will see you guys for the next episode.